We love you, Lord. We love you, love you, love you, love you, love you. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God in the highest. We praise your holy name. We bless you, Jesus. We magnify you. There is none like you, Lord. There is none like you in heaven and earth. Under the earth, there is none like you. You've done it all, Lord. You've proven yourself to your people. You've proven yourself to the world that you are love. And above you, there is no other. Aside from you, there is no other. There is no life outside of you, Lord. And we thank you for your eternal life that you put inside each and every heart that you bless with salvation. So we thank you, Lord, for everything that you've done for us, will do, promise to do, that you stand for. And we promise to give our all to you, Father, our very, very all. So we honor you and love you. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen, amen, and amen again. Chuck in her one-person soul train line. Amen. (laughs) Chuck don't care. (sighs) She enjoys the Lord. That's good. Amen. Good to be like that, amen. Good to have that in your heart. <laughs> or you love God and nothing else matters. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Praise God. Father, we love you and we honor you. We thank you. We bless you. We praise you. You've made this day for us to rejoice and be glad in. We are glad. We are full of rejoicing. We bless you. We praise you. We thank you. We honor you. We love you. And we thank you that you're going to open up our understanding. We're going to get it this day. We're going to get what we came for today. And we love you for it. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen, amen. Our Detroit people will be here shortly. Um, Yay. (laughs) Poor Ms. Juana, she is a little frustrated standing in in traffic. There was an accident time was passing away she said should we go back i said y'all have no appointment back there your appointment's here get to get put your foot in the tank (laughs) and she goes okay like somebody slapped her i said good (laughs) come back into your your faithful self amen Amen. <clears throat> so <clears throat> we're going to talk today about the defiant demand of now faith. The defiant demand of now faith. Faith puts a demand. Now faith puts a demand on, I guess you could say, the spiritual climate and uh, the status quo uh, that defies natural logic, that defies natural circumstances. There has to be this defiance in the expression of our faith. It it must confront. Other than that, you don't need faith. Everything must be perfect if you're not defying anything. But when there are symptoms of disease, you are defying those symptoms to remain there. You're commanding that they move. See, It's not you're asking God politely to come and do something for you you have already received permission from him to execute the written judgments of his word 
And the written judgment is sickness must flee. It has no place in your life anymore. Poverty and lack must flee. It has no place in your life anymore. Very often we'll find that darkness has been hiding things from us that are already there. I'll say it again. You'll find oftentimes that darkness has been hiding things from us that are already there. And so your faith really puts a demand on them to come into your possession. That's what faith does. Because everything that we need is already given. Jesus is not going to get beaten up and murdered again for us. He does everything one time. It's final. And we have to believe that he did enough when he did it, that we don't have to wait. We don't have to make excuses. We don't have to suffer. We don't have to stop. We don't have to curb our, our, our plans or change our plans or anything like that. Just plow through whatever it is that seems to be standing in the way. In Hebrews 11.1, 1, it says, in the now, faith is substance. It's substance right now. Amen. It's evidence right now of something that we are yet to possess in the natural. But now, if you receive it and and lay hold of it with your faith, you possess it now. Amen. And when God sees that you're possessing it, he has no choice but to cause it to manifest. See, once you lay hold of it in the now, it belongs to you, and it's up to God to bring it to pass. Now, we know God has lots of different things that he's doing with our faith. Amen. For instance, if if I'm believing God for um, for a better Say a different house than what I live in. You know, we won't put better on it because people always, people get wound up in better than it was before. He's giving you more. He's, you know, come on, folks. Now, if your faith was that hot, you'd have everything. So don't get all wound up in better or more. Amen. You know, you can, you can drive down your house, down your street, look on somebody's tree lawn. And something they discarded is something better than what you have. Or you don't have it, period. So this is new to you. You acquired a new position. Amen. So come on, y'all. Let's not get hung up on that kind of stuff. Amen. So, but, but I just believe that when you grab it in the now, you possess it now. And it's in your heart now and your faith is active in it now, then it cannot be taken away from you. The Bible says you will reap if you don't quit, if you don't faint, if you don't get weary, you know, uh, you will, you know, it, it warns us against weariness, warns us against fainting, warns us against, you know, and many people say, I'm tired. I'm, you know, don't say that. You're never tired because you ain't working. If you are, you're not supposed to be. The Bible says when you enter faith, you cease from your labors. So what are you tired of? You ain't doing nothing. 
go busy yourself meditating on the word what you're tired of is running it through your head and listening to the devil and he about to talk you out of it it sure was easier when i didn't have but three rows of cotton to pick you didn't get rich either did you huh okay kizzy keep it up if our ancestors made it and we're evidence that they did we ain't tired you got me we are not tired we got it easy so we're holding on to our faith and not letting it slip not letting the devil steal it not letting him have it amen so faith it really is not faith unless it receives what is requested now and expects it to come to pass now amen hope is a future force that faith receives now what hope desires so hope really is a future force it won't come to you just hoping (sighs) could we cue miss dion warwick please all right thank you dion huh (laughs) but seriously it won't get anything you have to step into it you know even the old songs and it would tell you that <laughs> yep what did they tell you to do tell him tell him you love him tell him you want him tell him that's a good faith song we're gonna have to keep that cute for real though but anyway it is though <laughs> won't get anything done so just hope is is it's nice to focus your faith on something but then you still got to apprehend that that you desire with your faith so faith is the apprehending force of the things that you hope for amen hope is only merely imaginary it becomes faith when you start uh, believing the word that expresses what you hope for amen god will supply all my need well uh, uh, an upgrade in my vehicle is not really a need but he gives you the desires of your heart he wants your joy to be full that's why jesus said i promised you all these things so that your joy might be full amen he wants you to enjoy your life he doesn't want you to struggle he already struggled amen he took on all of that so we wouldn't have to put up with it amen so it's always good to imagine better things but imagine them in the word amen you don't have to go window shopping to see your next anything all you have to do is start thanking god for it to show up at your door amen it'll come out of nowhere amen we have to understand these things that our stuff comes from the imaginary realm amen i'm sorry the invisible realm not imaginary but invisible because the things that we desire are already existing in god if he put his word out there that means that stuff exists in glory amen it's already there 
So only God's faith will get it into our hands. And his faith has a different way of working than natural faith. His faith has no date, time, or expiration date. You just jump into it. Amen. It's like, you know, going swimming. You don't call water. You just jump in the pool. It's just there. Amen. So you just jump in and start enjoying it. And that's the way faith is. It's already there. You jump into it as it exists out in glory and you bring it over into your realm where you live. Amen. In in the realm of faith, everything is now. So when we use his faith, we move into a place without time where things happen immediately, rapidly, and decisively. Amen. And we must believe that they they are happening now, that it is for us now, that it's manifesting now. Amen. We don't know how this happens. So where we get into trouble is trying to figure things out. If we can just accept by faith what we are experiencing by faith, then we will have the results that God wants us to have. Now, we all know that that for certain reasons, God will sometimes stretch time out in our realm. But we have the substance already and the knowing that it's ours. So unless you you until you have that substance and knowing that it's yours, keep feeding on the word, keep meditating on the word, keep thanking God for it. Keep your faith. That's how your faith grows. That's how it stays strong. That's how it resists the devil stealing it. Because every time you defy the status quo with your faith, there's an opposite reaction from the world system. So the enemy will send demons to tell you, you girl, you can't have that. You, <laughs> really? You think that's coming in y'all's? Huh? You? Uh, uh. And so if we listen to that enough, it slows the momentum of your faith. It will put your, your wheels, your wheels will get stuck in the mud, so to speak. Amen. <laughs> it will bog you down. And so uh, we don't want you know, sometimes you can express the word and you can almost touch what you're believing for. And then sometimes you get up in the morning and say, oh, boy, I got to confess. You understand what I'm saying? It's, come on now. We just human. Amen. But we're working on it. And, and we are divine as well. Amen. So the divine part of us has to kick in more often than the human part. In fact, the human, you got to wish that human would die a very slow and painful death for all the trouble it's caused you. Amen. I mean, just just let it get whacked. I mean, seriously, let's get it over with. Amen. And let's move on to things that will build up, things that will edify. But unless God tells you something's delayed or unless you sense you know, just keep demanding that your faith operate now, that you have it now. You don't want to try and second guess God, you know, well, why is it taking so long? You don't want to know. You might get your feelings hurt asking all kind of stuff. Yep. So, so just keep your confession consistent. 
keep your faith strong. Faith is faith. It It is a spiritual force that can be implemented to bring any of God's promises to pass. So while God is is helping you to receive the things you need, he is also have a kingdom uh, purpose in your faith as well. And this is his his doing. It's marvelous in our eyes. But it shouldn't deter. It shouldn't have anything to do with you one way or the other, how you respond to his instructions. See, I've seen people get diverted, sidetracked. Well, God told me I'm going to give my testimony in church when I'm healed. It'll never happen. Because you're already saying when you're healed. you you got to be healed now. So he's not telling you about a testimony. He's going to talk to you about you first. He ain't promised you nothing like that. Huh? Even if it is true, why would he tell you that? See, that's kingdom business. That ain't your business. See, let you take care of you. Instead of being diverted from getting in that word and getting that word in you like you can because you still need the medicine of the word. I don't care if you symptom free, tons of symptoms, whatever. That word has healing power in it. Amen. And what you are doing is you're removing symptoms when you meditate on the word. Amen. You are healed, but you're removing symptoms when you meditate on the word. Lying false symptoms that are trying to tell you disease is for you. So you're fighting on that level on a regular basis. Because symptoms, they are pretty convincing sometimes. (laughs) You know, you fall down and can't get up. You're pretty convinced something ain't right there. See what I'm saying? So so that's what we, we fight when we meditate on the word. And that word is very powerful. Don't ever underestimate that. And, and confessing the word, still speak the word. I call myself whole. I call myself healed. I call my eyes 20-20. I call my ear, my hearing's perfect. I thank you, Lord. My bones are sound. None of them are broken. And they won't break. Amen. And Jesus, I have angels to carry me around if I need if I need to be picked up, they'll they'll hold me up so I don't even stumble, so I'm not falling nowhere. Amen. And so so we have to use the word and faith in the word to defy this other kingdom down here that's trying to hold everything hostage, trying to rule everything. It's a second kingdom that manifests so heavily that our faith has come to defy. Just, just, no, you're not going to do that. Amen. You get out of here. I'm representing the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm I'm God's offspring. Amen. I am a manifesting daughter of God. See, everybody thinks we're waiting for the manifestation of the sun. We're here. Do something. Manifest. Open your mouth. Use your faith. Use the word.
Jesus employed now faith in his ministry. If you turn to Mark 11. So this is a story where he cursed a fig tree. They were looking for for leaves on it. I mean, for fruit on it. And they just found leaves. Now, it's it's said that the leaves, when leaves show up, fruit could already be there, but there was no fruit there. So the leaves were an indication that there should be fruit, but there was none there. Now listen. Everything in creation is talking to us. When you come into your house from a long trip and you forgot to tell somebody to water your plants, that little prickly, dry, brown little stuff, that's talking to you. Huh? You know how you can tell this? Now, don't, don't, you don't even have to answer this. But the reason you can tell it's talking to you is how? Huh? How do you know it's talking to you? Because you get up and water it. You respond, right? Creation has a voice. We are creation too. We have a voice. Amen. But they have a voice too. They ain't without ability to speak. Mountains say, go around me, baby. I ain't moving. Huh? And you respond by what? Ooh, that's a wonderful mountain. You keep walking around it and go about your business. Huh? Amen. Amen. So so creation speaks. And what that tree told Jesus was, I have no fruit for you. In verse 22, Jesus, no, that's, that's not the one. In, uh, where did he talk to it? 12? Okay. Yeah, 13, he saw a fig tree afar off having leaves and came if perhaps he might find anything on it. When he came to it, found nothing but leaves for the time of figs. It was time for figs. They just use the word time, not for season, but there were no figs there yet on this particular tree. Amen. And Jesus answered and said to him, no man eat fruit of thee uh, hereafter forever. And the disciples heard it. And when they came through there the next day, so so really when he saw that there were no figs on it, that fig tree said, I don't have anything for you. In verse 14, it said Jesus did what? He didn't just say, he answered. Amen. So creation talks to us all the time. Cancer says, I'm going to kill you. I'm terminal. Amen. Amen. Uh, uh, you know, COVID says, I'm going to try to kill you. 
Huh? If I can get you in the right hospital with the wrong doctors doing the crazy stuff, I'm going to kill you. Amen. And so what we we have here is a need to respond. That's the manifestation of the sons and daughters of God is they respond to creation. They respond to every situation. We respond. And that's how we manifest. Now, if you're not responding and creation is groaning, waiting for you to do something. But if you're responding, nobody's waiting on you for anything. And don't sit up and take guilt and all this crazy stuff and waiting around for everything. Open your mouth and declare what God says in the appropriate situation. Christians do more arguing with each other and they need to be confronting a stinking devil. That's not what your words were created for. Your words were created to set the world back in order. And and defy the works of darkness to manifest again. Devil, you're not getting my kids. Right about now, they ain't looking too purdy to me either, but you ain't getting them. Because <laughs> they mad. Huh? And keep a hedge around them. Don't ever side with the devil about this crazy stuff. Manifest yourself. So Jesus always manifested now faith. First, His first instance that, that I see here that I'm mentioning, now this wasn't the first one, but the one of the ones I'm going to mention was here when, when the disciples saw what his words would do. And he said, have faith in God. In other words, this is not a human thing that just happened before your eyes. That tree had withered already from the roots when they walked back past it. Amen. And God did that to show them the power of faith in him. Mixing your faith with God's word equals faith in God. You've got to contribute your believing to it. Where most Christians fail, they are waiting for God to come from outside somewhere and do everything for them. When you mix your faith with God's word, that puts your uh, reputation on the line, that puts your comfort, your soul comfort on the line. There's a sacrifice there. See? You say I'm healed and your body is screaming, but that ain't so. There's something happens in your head that puts you in a little confusion. Your own soul will fight you for your spirit's rights to bring wholeness to your being. Amen. So it's like your body's in the middle. Your carnal mind is over here tugging at it. But that hurt. You mean to tell me you just going to ignore that pain? That pain ain't real. Yeah, it's real. But if you leave me alone, it'll leave. And I'm telling you to shut up in Jesus name. So then you persist in defying your own soul telling you this isn't real. 
you gotta be persistent you can't try it one way and then this just don't work i don't know if i don't work for me because you ain't the one to work it you just say what god says and he does the work ain't that what the bible says he does the work is god faithful here he is He will do everything he says. Amen. So this now faith operated with Jesus even on this tree. Now disciples have seen him heal people. They've seen many things. Sometimes you get used to a certain something. And Jesus knew they were used to a certain something. So he throws something in there to mess their heads up real good. Amen. And he lets them know, number one, that the faith must be in God. But the power comes out of your mouth. So it won't help you until you say it. Amen. Now, you can be in agreement. Now, Some sometimes people are new in the faith and don't know much. and They get a lot off the prayer of agreement, you know. That's the way we live. You know, we, we have the benefit of both. You don't stop one because you, oh, I, I do my own praying. I'm real cool. Help yourself. But I rely on, I rely on agreement, spontaneous, un, unprogrammed, supernatural, sovereign, however God wants to send it to my door. Amen. Send it to me. So right now, right here, he gives the disciples a lesson in faith, and it's a good one to to keep in mind. And he says this, in covenant faith, this is verily, that means in covenant. That means I swear. That means this isn't a casual conversation. This is one for the books. This is one you can write now, write down. This is one that works all the time in any language, among any group of people. This one you memorialize because this is a keeper right here. Amen. This is always working for us. Always. And he says, for truly I say to you, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things that he said will happen, it'll happen. So you've got to believe they're going to happen. You can't just be confessing the word with no expectation of it coming to pass. Amen. Very often we're confounded at how quickly God will move the next step in front of you. I'm going to say it again. You know, I'm walking by faith. So you get up and start walking and you stumble over something. You, that's a door you were supposed to go through. Little Miss, I'm walking by faith. Huh? And we want to rebuke it, say the devil put it there. It's mine now! And scared to go through the open door.
Pastor Barb, I got a letter here from so-and-so saying they could give me a, a credit card with $7,000 worth of credit. Take it! You calling me up asking me nothing like that? Somebody twisted your arm to use it? Take it! Somebody say you worth that kind of money? Take it! Well, see, it ain't enough for what we take it. <laughs> well, I was thinking, take it. Okay, I guess I take it. Huh? But see, you just claimed it now. But when it showed up, now you're trying to rebuke it away. You praying for money. If it looks like money, smells like money, says it's money behind it, take it. That's your money. The devil ain't sending you nothing in answer to a prayer you made to God. Taking God at his word is faith. He means what he says. He don't have to fix it up to make it sound more realistic to us. That's our problem now. What's real is our problem. At least real to the eyeballs. So you're trying to get over in the supernatural where your real stuff is. Amen. So he instructs the disciples to always put their faith in God and expect the God kind of results. So when you put your faith in God, you'll get a mountain moved. Amen. You'll get the God kind of results. Amen. As you believe the word, your faith changes from natural to supernatural. Taking God at his word is faith. Throughout the Bible, men believed, followed, trusted God in defiance of the world around them. There was always a progress toward God's purpose, God's plan, God's activity in their life when they used their faith. God was in it for his glory and for the assistance of the human being that was using his faith. Amen. So so take God at his word. When he says a mountain will move, he means that. Well, see what that's talking about. Can you read M-O-U-N-T-A-I-N? What that say? Uh-huh. So he going to move one. You won't see it. Bringing that Thomas faith on up in here. You're supposed to be exchanging that for God's faith. Just cash that in and receive the faith of the Son of God that can do anything but fail. You keep, boom, pushing that mountain, chipping it away, it's going to move. Every time you say, now, 
the jackhammer comes out, chips away at that mount. Now, (laughs) chips away at it, takes a little bit more of it away. Amen. Amen. You put a right crease in there and that thing will collapse. That's how people built roads. They finally dickered around and invented dynamite and they saw many mountains crumble. Amen. Well, see, that ain't the same. It's the same thing. Did the mountain move or didn't it? Good grief. Can you do any better with your little halfway confessing? And, I don't know if he's going to am. Why do you think God gives people inventions for things? So they can do it because somebody has a vision and somebody's asking him. He's not judging on whether it's right or wrong. He's just said somebody down there wants to do something and I'm, they they meet my requirements. I'm in it, you know. Amen. So. Noah defied logic and built a large ark. Genesis chapter 11. And verse 7, it says here. Oh, I'm sorry. Hebrews 11. It was Genesis 7, I think, was where the story was. Let's go back to Hebrews 11. And it says here, by faith, Noah, being warned, he got a word. Amen. That's all you need. He puts faith in the word of warning. It says, being warned of God, not somebody on Facebook, of things not yet seen. Ah. This is where the this is where the test is. You don't see anything, but you got to get up every day and keep at it. You haven't seen anything yet, but you got to get up every morning and keep at it. Amen. See, you got to let say if 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 All you're instructed to do is confess the word. I receive it now. Father, I thank you for my, my, uh, uh, my new automobile and I receive it now. It's mine now. Thank you for it now. You've got to let your now motivate you every day to get up and say now again. Your mind will start working against you if you ain't seen it by now. I mean, what what makes you think it's going to come now? You said that yesterday. Hmm? So you have to build in your own motivation to keep getting up fresh, saying it now with the same expectation, the same enthusiasm, the same courage that you did yesterday when you called it now. Because it is yours now. So you have to tell the truth every day. 
See, Noah got up every day, and as long as he heard himself hammering, nailing, cutting down wood, doing what he needed to do, that was his motivation for the next day because the ark was not completed yet. See, you keep declaring until your ark is completed. And when is it completed? When it manifests. So you got to be in it till it comes to pass. Jesus already said in Mark eleven twenty three, it will come to pass. It will be come to completion in your life. It will happen. So you have to go into it. Will it will happen? Well, I thank you, Lord, that it will happen. It's mine now, and it will happen because you cannot lie. You love me. You gave your life for me. You're not playing with me. You're doing this in my life every single day. Amen. And and so you have to be your own motivator. You can't look up and say you tired of this and tired of that. Boy, the devil kills tired people. Once you give in to that, how many months are you going to lay around unmotivated before you make up your mind to get up and start on your confession again? Pastor Martin, don't hurt my feelings. Hey, it hurt mine too until I realized I wasn't tired. (laughs) I had a husband on the way to hell and the devil wasn't saving him, so I wasn't tired. Till he got saved. When is it not going to be about us? Tired people don't get a harvest. You can't observe how you feel. You got to keep going. All the military training is to get the tired and want to quit out of people. Amen, Miss Vicky. <laughs> see a tired person will cause somebody to die out there you can't get tired your buddy can't get tired you got me same thing in the kingdom folks we're soldiers remember you don't get tired you know if you're tired you you're, you're your mind you're thinking on carnal things that's what it that's the purpose of your carnal mind is to wear you out because it can't produce anything kingdom oriented so you stay in your carnal mind and think about how long it's been and how much pain you're in and how uncomfortable you are and when it's going to happen you know you can't afford to do that you have to learn how to discipline yourself let me get over my word let me put some worship on let me do something different here Break me out of this. Amen. See, your energy is over in the spirit. So Noah was already a righteous man. He made a decision to follow God consistently. So so that's all you need is a decision to follow God consistently. And you will follow him. Amen. You will follow him. So Noah had to get up every morning, cut down a tree, drive a nail. Put another layer. 
the nice thing about his situation, he could see his progress. You know, God at the beginning, God told him how to build it. Let me see. That's what I was looking for in Genesis. Let me see if I can find it real quick. The description of the ark, how big it would be. That's the thing that we don't have. We don't know how big, how long. We don't have dimensions of anything. I think it's Genesis. Oh, eight was when the flood was over. So it's got to be sooner than that. Okay, that's putting in the animals. Yeah, in uh, 6, verse 14, uh, 13, God said to Noah, the end of all flesh has come before me. Can you imagine this being told by God? You're the only person. You and Pete, repeat, Babra, and they sister. Uh Uh-huh. See, y'all the only ones. He said to Noah, he said, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and I'm going to destroy everybody but you. So make an ark of gopher wood. Rooms that shall make, you shall make in the ark and shall pitch it within and without with pitch. And this is the fashion which you shall make of it. The length of it shall be a hundred cubits, the breadth of it 50, the height of it 30. A window you'll make in the ark, and in the, in a cubit you shall finish it above. And the door of the ark shall you set in the side of it with lower, second, and third stories. So it's kind of like a princess cruise ship. And behold, I, even I, do bring a flood of waters on the earth to destroy all flesh, wherein is the breath of life from under heaven, and everything that's in the earth shall die. But with you, I will establish my covenant and you shall come into the ark. You, your sons, your wife and your son's wives with you and of every living thing of the flesh, two of every sort shall you bring, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So at least Noah had some understanding that he was working to accomplish something. We have that same evidence with our faith. See, we have what he didn't have. He didn't have faith in his heart. He he would have faith for different things. And as long as he obeyed what he believed, he was good. Many times you see God will come and approach a person that's been walking with him like he did Abraham. He came back and approached him and spoke to him again. That's taking the place of what the inward Holy Spirit we have does for us. So God would come back and visit people to reiterate and refresh with them what he'd already told them because he would see them getting weary and trying to forget and stray off and that kind of stuff. So he would make a reappearance to them to reassure them, I'm still working, I'm still doing this, you're still going to get this, amen, so that their faith was always refreshed and their faith was always active and he would give them ways of staying in faith with him. So that they didn't waver. So that they go. He meant for people. He still does. He means for us to get what we're supposed to get from him. He means for us to have what we say. He backs that up with his blood. It's a no fail covenant. And if you'll hold on to faith, 
and not waver and not indulge yourself, amen, in the flesh, how long it's been, when's it going to happen, yada, yada, you know what I'm talking about. You know, you can get a breakthrough by breaking obstacles out of your way. I've seen it happen. People who have not wanted to come and ask for prayer because they were ashamed of what they were going through almost immediately get that thing broken and get what they need because there's obstacles to faith. And you need to understand that once your faith gets loosed in the proper way, it will work for you. Noah defied logic. He defied history. He built a large ark because God said to do it, and he believed God. So he worked on it consistently, just like we have to do every day, thanking God for it, expecting it. God, I expect it now. I know it's coming now. I have it now. Amen. Don't ever speak to the future about something you you have already received in the now. Don't ever say, I know it's coming. Amen. Even though you know it's coming, out of your mouth should be now. I have it now. Once you try fixing it up, it's because your carnal mind is telling you, now this couldn't be right. I mean, if it's now, you'd have had it yesterday. So you can't, it can't mean now, now. It must be now, tomorrow. Keep saying now. Don't change your confession. This is what I tell people. If you said now the first day, say now today. And say now again and again and again. Because you're putting pressure on the yoke that's keeping it from coming to you. And keeping it like it is. Amen. It ain't your business it didn't come yesterday. It's your business to stay on the now with it. Amen. Keep the the barrel cocked. You got me? So we can pull the trigger. Amen. So Noah inherited a faith in God. Amen. That was his inheritance. He left that in the earth for his descendants, which Abraham would be one of them. Amen. Amen. So now faith demands that everything conform to its word. Now. Now faith demands that everything conform to his words now. Then why don't we see it now? It ain't saying nothing about you seeing nothing. It conforms to God's word. (laughs) You don't know what God's word is telling it to do right now. I'm going to say that again. Come on now, y'all get with me here. Faith demands that everything conform to its words. So you're healed now. Amen. Because that's the truth. You're healed now. You just don't know how that's manifesting in the supernatural. Everything takes place in the unseen realm. But you've got to trust 
that your word, that word is working, that it is conforming to the word of God. Amen. What's the word of God telling your body to do while you still have symptoms and you still have to take pills? It's telling it to get itself right. Every time you spit out, I'm healed. That word goes into your body and tells your body to get itself right. You ever had a, a infection, a, a, you know, a Z-pack infection? Everybody run into the, to the, what's that, urgent care? What do they call them? Fast things or urgent care or something like that? They be passing them out like playing a deck of cards. That's your standard little pill case you get. It's like seven antibiotic pills or something like that they give you. And well, you don't take one pill and that thing leaves immediately, does it? Because bodily healing doesn't usually function like that. It is what we call a process. What we see as instantaneous healing is the end of the process. Which God is in control of. He can speed it up and cause it to end right there. Or he can decide not to speed it up and allow you the privilege of holding on to your faith for a season to cause it to be strengthened and grow so you don't just quit on stuff real quick. I like what Nova Hay said. Sometimes the longer it takes for your miracle to come, the better it is for you. See, those are the people that everybody in church is scared of, the neighbor is scared of, the grandkids are scared of, huh? because they walk in such a presence of God. See, when you don't have stuff in the natural to entertain you, to distract you and all that, you'll make Jesus your best friend for real. And you'll be more like him every day. You'll have a constant infusion of faith. And when you come out around people, they, you scare them with what you carry. See what I'm saying? See, y'all thought y'all was grown. I just changed somebody's diaper. And see, we think a sign of power is you can get it real fast. You got to give all glory to God. You try to take that from him, you'd be a sad sister waiting on something to happen. Brother Hagen was on a deathbed, folks. You talk about faith enduring and and uh, really being put to the test he knew nothing about healing he you know he just map he said he was a baptist boy reading his grandmother's methodist bible knew nothing about anything but he knew that his answer somehow he kept stopping at mark eleven twenty three when he would open that bible up and he kept thinking to myself, he said, I know it's here. This is where it is. This is where my healing is. I just don't know how to 
but he stayed there. See, it's good when you know how to get what you need from God and stay there. Don't go running all around everywhere. Look, well, I tried that. Well, I tried that. I, no, you didn't stay where your healing was. You need to ask God where your healing is and stay there. Amen. And don't move. And so, so when, when he was, was reading one night and he was telling the Lord, I believe. He said, I know I believe. He said, if you tell me I, I don't believe, I, I have to tell you, Jesus, you're lying because I believe. See? It's like <laughs> the Syrophoenician woman. Yeah, I'm a dog, but I can get crumbs off the table. You know, you get provoked. So God provoked him. And he confessed that he, he said, I have no doubt I believe this scripture. He just didn't know what to do after believing. Amen. And he began to find out that faith is an act. Amen. He later was able to read some of Smith Wigglesworth's writings. And he began to see how Wigglesworth did it. And he would, Wigglesworth would run from one end of the stage to the other saying faith is an act. But you got to get up and do something. Amen. So God began to speak to him on how to apply the scripture to his case. In defiance of his diagnosis and his symptoms and his prognosis, he dared to believe God's word. And God told him, if you, he said, it's the middle of the morning. Sick people are not in bed in the middle of the morning. If you're healed, get up out of that bed. Amen. Take up your bed and walk. He said his he couldn't move his feet out. He took his hands and moved them out. He wiggled out the best way he could. His feet felt like two bricks. He couldn't stand up, so he grabbed, wrapped his arms around the pole of the bed and shimmied up the bed. He said as soon as he got up one shimmy, he felt a warm substance pour over the top of his head, melted all the way down his body. He felt his legs, his joints begin to creak and come back together again, and he was standing. Amen. As he stood, he thanked God for healing his incurable blood disease, hearing, curing his paralysis and his heart disease. He thanked him for healing. He said, I, re- I believe I receive now. And God instructed him to get up and walk. God told him, well, people are up and out of bed and challenged him to act his faith. This was a defiant act because they had already picked out his funeral, picked out the music. He participated in planning it out of ignorance, not out of quitting on his faith, but out of ignorance. He just obeyed when people told him. He, they said, what kind of music you, you want? He said, well, whatever anybody else wants to hear. Like, I ain't going to be paying attention anyway. It ain't for me. Whatever y'all want to hear. Defiant faith tells disease, I don't listen to you anymore. I don't listen to your messages of discomfort. I don't listen to your messages of whatever. I don't listen to you anymore. I just listen to the fact that I'm healed. Amen. Now, I don't obey you anymore. 
know, sometimes you just need to tell tell your body, you know what you're doing right now. This is temporary, right? Because I'm healed. And you're leaving now. Amen. So so keep it all in the now all the time. Amen. Tell yourself I'm getting up. Tell yourself I have full motion. I call myself fully functional. Amen. And Brother Hagen was healed from that time till the time he went home to be with the Lord. Amen. He had some challenges. He said symptoms would try to reoccur and get back in his body. The devil would come and tell him he was going to kill him, all that kind of stuff. But he held fast to his faith. He'd get back in the word even more. He'd get back his confession even more. And he would seek the Lord. God, this is a challenge for me. Tell me how to get myself free from this again. And God always showed up and helped him. Amen. Jesus is defiant now faith. We saw it at the fig tree. The conditions are that we believe and not doubt in our hearts. So the way to not doubt in your heart is to keep the word before your eyes. And that what it says in, in Proverbs 4.20. So you have to constantly feed on the word. You know, I'm not talking about oh my quiet time. You know, it gets shorter and shorter. Number one, we defeat ourselves by calling it quiet time. Because that brings it over into the natural realm. You know, just, just say, I walk with God. Meditate on the word. Take it with you. Sit down and take some time to read you some scriptures. You know, I'm not saying work on the fly all the time. But be in the presence of God. Do some worship. Do some time with him. Amen. I mean real time. People say quiet time and it's, you know, all, all, it's always 15 minutes. You don't give God 15 minutes and you got a laundry list of stuff you're waiting on him to bring to you. You need to be talking to him all day for some of the stuff we got stored up, man. You see. So you have to drive the doubt out of your hearts. You know, you you can watch stuff on television and have a good time and a fun time watching it. You know, it's it meets meets all your your clean fun list laundry list of things. You know, it's, there's no nudity, there's no adultery, there's no, you know. But what are the other subliminal messages are you getting from that? See what I'm saying? See, time is time. Time with God is good time all the time. Amen? And, and extend it out as much as you can. How about that? Instead of trying to figure out how short a time you can spend with this so you can still get it, you little thief. The prodigal son wanted his inheritance before it fell to him. Notice the the action word there fell to him. That means it's under somebody else's control, not yours. You don't know how long people gonna live. See, an inheritance isn't it, 
there must be first the death of the testator before a testament is enforced. Any lawyer will tell you that. Prodigal could have gone and got him that job slopping hogs and, and left the money there at the house. Because <laughs> he was destined to do that anyway. You don't know what the estate might be worth. You still got to wait. Nobody dies so they can give you something ahead of time. You kidding me? People, they like you. They want to live as long as they can live. Banking on nothing. You know, come on now. God tells us you don't make plans a year in advance unless you add in there if it be your will. If it be thy will. Amen. So you, you've got to wait until that falls to you. Ooh, it's quiet. It's wait till it falls to you. Amen. I had an aunt years ago. She, 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 nobody ever knew how much money she had. They knew she had a lot, though. And she was always telling her kids she left so and so in her will. You know, <laughs> you should never tell people nothing, none of your business. But anyway, they used to talk about it a lot. She gonna leave me in her will, and he, I must. I don't know what what she gonna get. And they were always telling her not to spend money and not to do this. Not to do this. <laughs> them them daughters and sons and all them people. The son she outlived the son, so he never got anything. His wife moved away, got a job. Her and the kids, all the you know grandkids moved in my, and she lived to be ninety seven years old. <laughs> And I'm sure she left to whoever was left, but all of the ones who were sitting feasting there, licking their chops and couldn't wait and all that kind of stuff, they're gone. Amen. Just live with a knowing of just in case (laughs) or when it happens, but don't be making plans for it. You don't know what God's going to do in your life. Amen. So. Jesus' faith is now faith defied that tree as an example, amen, to teach his his disciples a lesson and what faith in your heart and not doubting in your heart can do and how important it is to cultivate the faith in your heart. Keep confessing the word and murmuring your word to yourself to keep it strong in your heart. Proverbs 4.20 says, don't let it depart from your eyes in order to keep it in the midst of your heart. That's how you keep it in there, is read it every day. Look at it every day. Put some scriptures up on the refrigerator every day to remind yourself. Well, I know that scripture. Yeah, but you got to keep it in front of your eyes. Be obedient to the word. Amen. 
don't don't defy the word the word that word is your friend amen amen so let me see here um god brought that fig tree withering to pass in his time for jesus uh, when jesus spoke a now word to that fig tree that nobody would eat fruit from it from that point on that part was true it would not grow anymore but it didn't collapse fall over wither and die it just withered like a normal tree does so when disease leaves us it leaves like the disease does amen it has a pattern for how when it dies off and exits the body it will do that same thing you got me that's why many times we'll say now something is happening in that situation now god's not holding this up until you do something else you got to believe you've done everything you're supposed to do to make that thing go on the disciples could look at that tree and say man the roots are dead on this thing and now it's starting to deteriorate everywhere else amen but it was still standing there but they saw evidence of death on that tree and they were shocked that it was happening so soon that's faith in god when god goes after something he goes after it amen if you want to know god's will about your health your body it's immediate fast and instantaneous the manifestation may not be completed for a season but you must believe that word is working or you will throw yourself into doubt if you go by are you feeling okay are you just keep saying you're healed and you're healed now amen i can remember uh having things you know i'd stub a toe or something like that i just felt to keep saying i'm I'm healed i'm healed i'm healed and pretty soon the pain was going the swelling was nothing you stay at it it'll happen you can't go sit somewhere and rub it <laughs> rubbing ain't gonna do no good that's old school that's what you did before you met the lord I used to have people come up to the altar. Somebody would always rub me. I said, why are you rubbing me like that? You know, it's, I mean, it just seems to me to be such a natural thing to be doing at the altar when we have the presence of God to, you know, they just, uh, stop it. <laughs> you know, be so handsy grabsy. Or people will want to grab your hands and pray a prayer of agreement. And I'm saying, girl, you're going to get shocked and hit that flow. You keep doing this. You understand? Let my hands go. Let, I'm in charge here. The anointing is administered. It's not grabbed off of people. Some of y'all still don't like that. I don't care. Pastor Barb, you're so funny about I'm not funny about nothing. But I know God and how he operates. Instead of judging everything, go sit down and read your Bible sometime. (laughs) 
ministers sometimes when they're um, around people will keep their hands close to their bodies because they respect the anointing. They don't want it be, to be released at a improper time. Now, that's not to say some people don't get excited and touch them and everything, but you don't want that power to be dispersed ahead of time. Sometimes people don't have enough faith in them to receive anything. And they'll come up all excited and want to grab and all that kind of stuff, and they get nothing. Because sometimes in ministering the word to them and talking to them, you can infuse faith that they didn't have before. And now it's time to touch them and release the anointing. In John 5, we see another example. You know, Jesus healed people different ways. He touched, he spoke, they touched him, he pended, touched his garment. Amen. Some people got it. John 5, this is the one, the man that was healed by the pool. After this, there was a feast of the Jews. Jesus went up to Jerusalem. There was at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda. It was anything but. Bethesda means, no, Beth, Beth, house, mercy. This was a very unmerciful place. Bethesda, amen. B-E-T-H means house. So always remember that, house of mercy having five porches in their land <laughs> would have had 50 because <laughs> there was no mercy there. Amen. There was religion there. There was waiting there. There was long waiting there. There was years of waiting there. If you serve a merciful God, why are you waiting all those years? So Jesus said, I'm going to go clean this up. I'm going to bring some mercy to the house of mercy. A lot of multitude, a great multitude, impotent, can't walk, can't see, blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving, waiting for, waiting for. So nobody's with now faith. For an angel went down at a certain season to the pool and troubled the water. This is what people said. Whoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in was made whole of whatever disease he had. Now, that is not a covenant method of healing anybody. And we don't know that that's how it worked. Because whoever got healed had faith for getting healed now. That angel just activated their now faith. They got excited and said, oh, let me jump in. I think I can get something this time. You got me? It's just like your weeping statues. People get healed in front of weeping statues. Why? That's where they release their faith. They buy these expensive plane tickets. They go on these pilgrimages and they say, I'm going to go to the statue because so-and-so said they got healed there. And then people get healed. That's where their faith is. Just like the woman with the issue of blood. If a guy can touch him, 
I'll be made whole. It's point of contact to release their faith. Amen. God's so big, he's not intimidated by, the, by a weeping statue. He'll get the glory anyway. Amen. So when there was a certain man there were had in 38 years, no motion, faithfully coming to that place. When Jesus saw him lie and knew he'd been a long time in that case, he said to him, will you be made whole? The impotent man said no. <laughs> Basically. Oh, it can't happen to me because I got to have this in place, that in place, this in place, that in place, this in place, that in place. Jesus is there to defy your I got to have these in place ideas. He defies all of that. Amen. I have no man. So what? Well, I'm waiting for the angels. So what? It's a long way down all them steps, Jesus. If I go tumbling in there, at least you'll get in the pool. Huh? You're a step closer than you were the last time. Just sitting here. I have no man when the water's troubled. While I'm coming, another one steps before me. Jesus said to him, rise. Now, you know, to be honest with you, if them people been trying to get down to that pool, all them, ain't no angels been showing up. You know what I'm saying? They just hit the water and say, I'm healed. <laughs> just hitting that water will do it for most of them. Because that's how faith works. It works by what you believe. They'll see that water. Maybe it's a strong breeze coming through. Amen. Yeah. So, so if, if a strong breeze, somebody said, that was an angel did that. Oops, come on, let's get going. He says, while I'm coming down, another body steps in front of me. Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed and walk. Faith is now. And immediately the man was made whole, took up his bed and walked. And the same day was a Sabbath. So, of course, the Jews are going to harass him about it because you can't can't do any kind of labor on the Sabbath day. Carrying your bed is labor. You're violating the law. Amen. See, your supernatural happening always violates a natural law. So you've got to expect the natural will fight you back for it. That's why symptoms reoccur on people. Because the natural realm is wanting to get back in and make your life miserable. So the Pharisees represent your carnal mind, the legalistic mind. Did you go through all the steps and formulas? Did you jump through all the hoops? Did you make sure you did all of that to get it? But I'm walking. It doesn't matter. And it never has mattered to us if you walk or not. You got it? This don't matter to religious. Are you kidding me? They just want to fill up an empty seat and get an offering. Because there's a lot of them just doing just that. 
Nobody gets healed. It would take faith in God for somebody to get healed. Faith in a system is not the same thing as faith in God. Faith in what you do is not the same. Faith in your church is not the same thing as faith in God. Huh? Faith in where you go and what you do is not the same thing as faith in God. Only faith in God is faith in God, folks. And that's where Jesus wants us to abide. That kind of faith will defy the natural. Amen. It will challenge, defy it, and make it quit. It will make whatever is in the natural bow to the word of God. Amen. And it doesn't care who it has to offend to get it done. It doesn't care what what it costs to get it done. Jesus paid everything. He paid everything so we could have a faith that defies the natural realm. Amen. And bring the supernatural realm. Why don't we stop? Father, we thank you for your word and for understanding. We thank you, Lord, for the supernatural realm that we draw from. Thank you, Lord, that we defy the natural with our faith. Thank you, Lord. We are defiant of anything in the natural that stands against us. That keeps us from getting what we need. It keeps us from doing what you've commanded us to do. You've commanded us to rise and be healed. So we thank you, Lord, that we rise and we are healed. We come up to where you are and receive our healing today in the name of Jesus. Praise God. If anybody needs prayer, come on up and I'll pray for you. Praise the Lord.
Now, Jesus' name. Now! Now! 